Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of the shoot around with Kenny G. A couple more topics today about the madness of the free agency. This morning, we're going to talk about Dwight Howard. We're going to talk about a little bit of his history and inevitably his downfall, a.k.a. everything after going to the finals with the Orlando Magic. So reports say that Dwight Howard wants to be in Washington, okay? Uh, What we're watching here is somebody with superstar potential ultimately fail to lock in a deal long-term with any team due to his inabilities. And I say it plural because there's a lot of things wrong with Dwight Howard. But there's also a lot of things right about Dwight Howard. So, not only was he traded from Charlotte to Brooklyn, you know, in exchange for some money, as uh, soon as we get to Brooklyn, obviously nobody wants to play for Brooklyn. Moving moving the team to Brooklyn was probably the biggest mistake franchise have ever made. But we're not going to talk about that, okay? Um, what we will talk about is the fact that as soon as he touches down in Brooklyn, we, he goes to management, wants to get waived, and ultimately wants to sign a deal with the Washington Wizards. Now, this is a part that's getting me about a Dwight Howard. If we look back, if we look back, the Rockets were, I believe, quote me if I'm wrong, message me if I'm wrong, let me know. I believe the Rockets were the only other team to get a multi-year deal out of Dwight besides the Magic. So I'm not really sure what he's expecting if he's not going to sign to a championship team for minimum if he wants to win just do what everybody else is doing and go to the team that won last yay you get a ring okay you know you get a championship at his depreciated value with all this player mobility but clearly it's about him wanting to prove himself and if it was about him proving himself then he needs to sit at brooklyn and be the number one option again now our problem with dwight is that he claims he wasn't the number one option in Orlando, but we also have to look at his skill set in in Orlando. He had a right hook shot. Plant the left foot, turn, right arm extends. That's it. It's either that or a dunk. We barely saw a drop step or a hop step from the post. If he could not get to a certain spot to dunk on you, he was going to plant that left foot and extend that right arm for a hook shot. And if it didn't bank, he was trying to get the offensive rebound so that he could dunk again. That's what we saw in Orlando. Are you kidding me? This is somebody that left the team because they felt like they weren't the number one option. Can I help you? Can we get Dwight Howard some therapy? If your only two moves is a right hook shot and pick and roll, no, you are not the number one option. We need a little bit more versatility. He was not as dominant. He was compared to Shaquille O'Neal, even regarding the same nicknames, and at one point had the same sort of 
athleticism, but are you, but we saw more of a repertoire from a single-handed Shaquille O'Neal than we did Dwight Howard. I mean, the three-time defensive player of the year was not the number one option on offense. So essentially, we saw Dwight Howard be Rudy Gobert, and this is like saying Rudy Gobert wants to leave Utah just to be the number one option. We don't see Rudy Gobert do any moves in the post, and we have not seen Dwight Howard do any moves in the post. So he gets beat by the Lakers, right? Gets eliminated the very next year. Years go on. He wants to join the Lakers. He gets on the Lakers, and he finally realizes what it's like to be in a championship-style atmosphere and crumbles. Because, again, you you don't have any moves. You can't be the number one or the number two if Pau Gasol has more moves than you. This is, this is simply basic knowledge. You sign the deal to be Andrew Bynum. Get the rebound, block a shot, and play high-low. And if you got enough stamina, you can play when the bench subs in and be the number one option. But we were having trouble seeing Dwight Howard even get rebounds on certain nights. So again, this comes from a lackadaisical player wanting to or acting like he still can make a difference. Dwight Howard has officially been garbage since Houston. Since James Harden wanted nothing to do with him. We thought that could possibly be good. And that crumbled. Because again, he wants the ball in his hands. And he, he's going to the wrong team again. Charlotte was his best chance. And his numbers improved in Charlotte. So where do you stay? Charlotte! Sorry, I had to scream because that is very irritating. The fact that a player starts to improve and wants to leave because he thinks he deserves the ball in his hands. You need to earn that. You need to go back to camp with Hakeem again and get these moves down. I mean, we saw the training footage. This guy looked absolutely wonky doing the dream shake. It still would have worked, but it definitely was not fluid. This is this so happens to be the most rigid center I have ever seen. Straight up and down. I mean, the last player that was this rigid was Roy Hibbert. <laughs> okay? I'm not trying to be mean, but the other half, I am trying to be that mean. We need to wake up about Dwight Howard being anything more than a 78 overall rating on NBA 2K. Okay? Dwight Howard has nothing to bring to the table except his size. And his ability to alter shots, not block shots. We clearly saw that stat not improve as much as the three-time blah, 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 blah. Dwight Howard wants to go to Washington. Now, let's talk about Dwight Howard fitting into Washington. Now, as we know, Gortat went away. Gortat went to the Clippers. So there's an opening for the starting role, right? There's not really anybody that can fill Gortat's spot in Washington right now. And there's not too many big men up for grabs. Now, 
Nobody wanted to sign Mr. Cousins, including Washington, which is the right move. Don't sign all that negativity, uh, injury-prone attitude, 12-year-old, right? So let's see if we can crack a deal with a veteran that might just get his head on straight on what to do. Now, what, what, we're, what we might see is a revamping of Dwight Howard because this offense, the Wizards' offense, is predicated around two guards making a play off of pick and roll, off of spread offense. And that's usually a dump inside, right? Unless Bradley had the ball. So Bradley had the ball, he's shooting it. But John Wall in pick and roll is one of the most dangerous situations a guy can have. And against the right team, you could run pick and roll almost all game long. And and really see the results. I mean, this is... I'm not going to say it's the same thing. Okay, hear me out. But this is similar to a John Stockton and Carmelo Malone with the play styles, right? The only thing different between Carl and Dwight is that Carl actually had some moves in the post. You can go to Carl alone in an isolation situation. We cannot go to Dwight in an isolation situation unless there's a mismatch. If he can turn around and get an easy layup and a dunk without being contested, that ball's going in the hoop, right? But what we can see is those rebound numbers stay the same. His ability to stay vertical and not foul out stay the same. We essentially replace Gortat with a better Gortat. Even Dwight Howard's free throw percentage is, is up slightly. So there's some positives about Dwight going to Washington. It's just what's going to kill it is this one-year deal to see if he fits and he bounces to another team. Whoever beats the Mad, whoever beats the Washington Wizards in the playoffs, that's the, probably the team he goes to next. I mean, wait till next year. I guarantee it. Dwight Howard is not an all-star anymore. He's not a superstar anymore. He's a role player at best. He's getting older, and he's not in the gym. And this is somebody, and here I go. Here I go. This is somebody who has decided that the game is fun, and I know how to take fun seriously. The last time I checked, those two words are the opposite of each other in the freaking dictionary. So if that doesn't tell you about Dwight Howard's backwards mentality, I don't know what does. Dwight Howard cannot have fun and be serious at the same time. The last time he was serious, he went to the NBA Finals. But ever since then, he wants to have fun. And he's charismatic. So do some commercials. You want to have fun? Be like Shaq. Get in some movies. Be goofy. So what is he doing in his spare time? Resting? I can can understand his play in Los Angeles because he was coming off of the back injury and we saw his max vertical get cut in half, right? But there's no excuse after Houston and after Charlotte. I'm not hearing it. With all the technology that's out there, that's all the medical research and upgrades that's out there, there's no reason we shouldn't have saw a more versatile 
Dwight Howard in the NBA by now. This is somebody that does not take the game seriously. Clearly, he doesn't take the game seriously. He wants to go out and have fun. And the last time I checked, when you lose, it's not fun. When you get in the playoffs and you lose, that's not fun. So when you lose and it's not fun, what do you do? Leave? You need to go play in China or something, buddy. You need to go away from the National Basketball Association and have fun being a man amongst boys. That way you can win. That way you can get a, a statue like Stefan Marbury. Wonder why? Because Stefan Marbury was doing the exact same thing. He believed he was an all-star and superstar and clearly was not in the NBA pro level. He was not. He left, got a fantastic career in China, and he is a legend in China. Go do that, Dwight. But what you can't do is sit here in the NBA and continue this mentality of not taking the game serious. Okay, when you don't make the playoffs or you're eliminating the first round, you have months before you even see a preseason game. Are you going to tell me you're going to pull a Shaquille O'Neal, a 2001 Shaquille O'Neal and rest all season long and try to get in shape during the summer? Are you really going to do that? Because that's what this looks like. Yes, he's a big guy, but he's someone that hasn't even had that many foot injuries, which is very common from anybody carrying that amount of weight. This man has like 6% body fat, so he clearly works on his body. But my problem is work on your game. At least get the right hook shot down. At least get it over Matic. Trainers are literally coming up with anything to help a player improve, including like sticking foam on top of mop heads so that they can reach high enough to contest somebody that's like a foot taller than them. Go to a camp. Invite someone to work out with you. How in the world do these younger players develop faster than Dwight Howard? But that's because we see them in the gym more than Dwight Howard. I'm confused. Why in the world can Dwight Howard not develop as an NBA player? What does he do in his spare time? It's frustrating. Because at one point, Dwight Howard was the next Shaquille O'Neal. And he was and after the injury, we understand what injuries do to players, but this is his recovery time. That injury was a long time ago compared to right now. He's let some years go by, and we've seen players take need one or two years to get back in the swing of things after a, a legitimate injury like that. But they get back into the swing of things. LA will let that one go. Houston We'll kind of let that one go. Charlotte, where there was not really any competition in the East and you could have made some noise, that's where he does not get an excuse for. Kimba Walker or no Kimba Walker, you can dominate those Eastern teams. But you're out here getting shown up by Joel Embiid, who in a couple years have developed his game inside and out. I'm not saying Dwight can do that. He's not built for that. He... Never had that skill set. But 
if you're gonna act like you can be better than Shaq, at least be as dominant. He's not a bruiser. For anybody that plays NBA 2K, he's he's he can be a brick wall if he would sit on the screen for about two more seconds before he rolls. So all I'm hearing from myself is that Dwight Howard is a poor screener, can get in position on defense occasionally, and if it's not a dunk, he's passing it or missing it, right? Okay. That is Dwight Howard in a nutshell. Okay, Dwight Howard is not is not the player he once was, will never be the player he once was, and needs to go to the Toronto Raptors instead. But wait, they have a big man better than him. Okay. They need to go. He needs to go to Boston. Oh, wait. They have a big man better than him. Um, can't go to the Sixers. I'm trying to name any playoff team that has a legitimate big man. And they seem to all have one. Maybe he can go to Memphis. Take some weight off of Marcus All. Oh, crap. I said Marcus All. See? He needs to. He needs to make something happen with a team because no other team needs Dwight Howard. Maybe Dallas, but he's going to be losing when he goes to Dallas. Dallas hasn't figured out all the pieces yet. Dirk is going to leave, and they're going to hand that baton off to Harrison Barnes, which was an accident because he has not developed enough. Needs to go to a Kobe camp or two. I can't think of anywhere else Dwight can go and win immediately and make some noise immediately so that he would want to stay. Dwight Howard would have to go to Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, wait, they got Brooke Brooke Lopez. He's better than Dwight Howard. We follow in the pattern here. Dwight Howard has potential to be a legitimate good big man. He has a chance right now to be a good big man, but I highly doubt we're going to see that level of performance from Dwight Howard. We might even see him get traded in season that's what I believe about Dwight Howard I don't believe in Dwight Howard one bit not after not after the way he left Orlando wine 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 not the not the player not the player and everybody's from a player's perspective was saying just get better and they will give you the ball he was not proving himself to be the most dominant center in the east and that's what should have happened In other news, Tyreek Evans goes to the Indiana Pacers. This is yet another disgruntled person that I'm not really a fan of. Only because Tyreek Evans was rookie of the year, averaging some beautiful numbers like 25 and 5. It's really hard for a rookie. But Tyreek Evans came into the league with the body already, with the length already, with the lateral quickness and speed already. So he fit right in. My problem is the inability to develop a consistent jump shot from the mid-range. I really don't care about the three-pointer. Not with Tyreek Evans. It's not needed. He's a slasher. He can get to the rim in one or two bounces. His lack of finishing ability is needs to be desired. Tyreek Evans flopped. But his last year, okay... His last year, we saw, we finally saw, good grief, it took so long for Tyree Evans to do anything well. 
but we finally saw Tyreek Evans in in uh, Memphis. Yeah, Memphis play what nineteen five and five again, just like his early days. So he will back up Victor Oladipo. Okay. Now that is one piece that Indiana desperately needs. So this move is a phenomenal move in terms of the production you're going to get. Okay. You can give Tyreek Evans the six man player of the year, six man of the year award. That's what I believe. He can come off the bench first, and now you have a one-two punch capable of spacing the floor and getting to the rim and making mismatch happens for big man playing pick and roll. They can play pick and pop off of each other. Tyreek has the ability to be in a post even a little bit. We have saw a glimpse of that in Memphis. So that one of the Pacers' biggest needs is someone to back up Oladipo. And then when the backup of Oladipo is not as big as Oladipo, that poses defensive problems. So we're talking about someone who's 6'6 and can play the one and the two. So now these disadvantages that we saw on defense from Indiana when Victor wasn't playing 42 minutes a game gets minimized. You keep, you get a healthier Victor Oladipo, you get a fresher Oladipo, and you get a backup guard I can't even say point guard or shooting guard a backup guard that's capable of having that same sort of control and is willing to make the right play and put the ball in the rim and poses a mismatch once you put him in the at the one so Tyreek Evans to the Pacers is great Now, we touched on the Wizards with Dwight Howard. Let's touch on the Wizards again. The Wizards get Jeff Green. I want to talk about Jeff Green because it leads me back to LeBron, and I always love talking about LeBron, okay? Jeff Green goes to the Wizards. Now, Jeff Green actually... Actually put up some decent numbers to be 31 playing the three and the four. Uh, He's never been an all-star caliber style of player. We've seen glimpses. He's got potential. I've always been a fan of Jeff Green. I think Jeff Green has great potential and length. I think if he would work on his lateral quickness and acceleration, he could take people off the dribble a lot easier and also play better at the defensive end. Uh, with the Cavs, he averaged about 11 a game. So again, it's not bad for a, a a loaded team. I mean, if you can't even give Kevin Love the ball consistently, you're not going to give Jeff Green the ball consistently. So to fill in the gap of Gortat, they've brought in Dwight and Jeff Green. Jeff Green can shoot. That's one thing. On the downside of his career that we're going to see in the next four or five years... Jeff Green can shoot. So this easily makes the starting five interesting, even if you don't start Jeff. 
let's say you start Jeff and Dwight. This makes us starting five very easy because if you play, let's talk about positioning for a second. If you play pick and roll with Jeff Green on the weak side, this first person you see on the strong side is Dwight underneath or high post, right? What you see again is Bradley Beal topside ready for the first pass if the first person drops. And in the corner, what is it, Porter uh, Otto Jr., whose who's shooting percentage has gone up as the years gone by. That's kind of dangerous for any set offense like the Washington Wizards. It's a lot of options. This requires the IQ of the starting five to be immaculate. When you run that pick and roll off the weak side, strong, strong side help is probably Otto Jr., Dwight Howard screens the help. That's a shot. We run pick and roll again. Again, that this time you get the strong side help from the top. That's a kick to Bradley Beal. Bucket. You get pick and roll. Screener sits on Jeff. This is an ISO situation for John Wall, who is still one of the most athletic point guards we've ever seen. We've run pick and roll again screener sits on Jeff Jeff doesn't complete the roll strong side help off Dwight comes that's a kick to Dwight who sits at the rim for a layup or a dunk so this is an offense similar to the Houston Rockets we see this all the time and yes this is a good comparison Chris Paul being John Wall and James Harding being Bradley Beal as far as the offensive mindset. John Wall is going to make the right play pass the ball. Bradley Beal is going to put that ball in the hoop. Shoot the three. We're talking about what? Houston Rockets in the East. Not as great three-point shooters but the style of offense where they seem unstoppable because they can run the same set with people in different positions and they're going to get a bucket. And Dwight Howard has the potential to be the Clint Capella of the Washington Wizards with this offense. Clint Capella gets averages double-doubles with great blocks. Clint Capella has proved himself to be a phenomenal inside player who likes his role. We need Dwight to like his role. This is a dangerous offense when you when you come into the half court when four out of five of your starting five can run the floor and play well in the half court this is a dangerous team to beat and we saw glimpses of that from Washington as they've been able to comp- to consistently get to the playoffs or just outside of the playoffs plus or minus injuries if everybody can stay healthy on Washington that is a dangerous dangerous team Next on the docket, uh, I want to talk about something kind of weird, right? Michael Carter-Williams goes to the Rockets. I don't see the reason for this. We saw Michael Carter-Williams do nothing since his arrival in the NBA. He gets a one-year minimum of two mil. 
the thing is, Michael Carter Williams can fit. This guy has had injury after injury. We saw nothing from him in Philadelphia. We definitely saw nothing from him in Chicago. Uh, my boy went to went to the Charlotte. Did you remember he went to Charlotte? I didn't. So he's not gonna give you anything. That's why I say it's weird. This is kind of a toss-up risk. Because if he's gonna back up one of the guards out of Chris and James, you know, with Eric Gordon, I don't see him. I don't see advantages to this. I wonder what the Houston Rockets are thinking. We've got a 6'6 skinny guard that can pass the ball, can make the first pass in a set offense. You're not passing Michael Carter the ball back. He can't shoot. You drive to the hole, give him a bump, he's passing it. He's not strong. I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of disadvantages to Michael Carter Williams. So I'm really. optimistic to what could happen happen in Houston with him as a backup. What what I do see though with this move is the ability to stay in their defensive scheme of essentially switching everything. And you need that when you go against Golden State. So you really don't need Michael Carter-Williams to be a great def- defensive player. You need him to hold off a three-pointer which is not hard if he if we're switching the screens, right? If he's guarding the backdoor cut or the flare screen, he's going to get there in time. He's young enough, he's athletic enough, has a lateral quickness to do so. But one who if if it's Houston versus Golden State and they run that triple screen action on the strong side, Michael Carter-Williams has to switch down to Draymond Green for this defensive scheme to work. And I say that because if he switches down to Klay Thompson, they're going to go to Klay Thompson, and Klay can put it on the floor. You switch to Steph Curry, he's going to break his ankles, done. You switch off to Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is just going to pull over him. He has to switch to that backdoor slip of Draymond Green for this to work. Everybody else can do their job, right? Everybody else can do their job. But this guy right here has to be able to switch down to Draymond Green and know that he's essentially taking him out of the play. Draymond Green is not looking to score. He's taking the buckets that are given to him. So he is the weakest of this scheme, right? My problem is if that switch is up over the screen, on top of the screen to a Steph Curry to a Klay Thompson. This is a mismatch we don't want as Houston. This is a mismatch we don't want to see as Houston. Because it's not doing us any good. Right? We're not getting anywhere with this. Last item on the docket. Last item on the docket. I always have to talk about this. Or for the most part, talk about this. I want to talk about LeBron to LA again. 
right? Because Magic has done his job. Magic has done his job going and getting getting players. Not even just one. He got a couple that are a good fit. He went out and got some players that can do some damage in Los Angeles. And Los Angeles will make noise. You have the greatest player in the league right now on that team. What's not going to happen is that they make it make a run into the playoffs. I don't see it. We're, we need that usage rate to come down. We're on LeBron James' latter half of the career. We need this usage rate to come down. He can't go to L.A. and play 42 minutes. He's going to get hurt. If LeBron James gets hurt, Lakers are out of contention, out of the playoffs immediately. That's the problem we have in Cleveland is anytime LeBron took some days off, they lost. That's not good. That's not a team. That's a player. And if this is a team sport, then I need the team to be well-developed because of their leader. And he's not an effective leader because of this, right? So, the next part about this move is that it enables teams like the Wizards and Milwaukee to make runs that we have not seen in a long time. We see Toronto immediately jumping into contention because their weakness of LeBron James has switched sides. So the East is so, so fun right now. The East is so fun right now. And what I saw today on Undisputed really made me want to talk about this because they were talking about LeBron and his comparison to Mike and how they were comparing the intangibles, right? So Michael Jordan came into the era without social media, without the expectations. He was quiet. He did his job. He went home. That's what we saw. We saw a warrior that wanted to go out and kill teams every single night. And if anybody, even the newspaper guy, if the newspaper guy said something, Michael Jordan was ready to to just shove it in that guy's face. That's what we loved about the NBA. We love people that took the challenge, right? Number one, LeBron has never taken that challenge. LeBron doesn't really care what you have to say. He's going to go out, try to get a triple-double, try to make the right play. Done. What we don't like about LeBron is that he's he could win 10 rings and he's still not Mike. This is what I want to say about LeBron. There will never be another LeBron. He has earned the right of legendary status that there will never be a LeBron James. I'm willing to consent to this. All my friends know me as huge Kobe Bryant fans. There will never be another LeBron James. He has touched Michael's legacy in a sense that we said Kobe was the next best thing to Mike. We will never say that about LeBron James. I don't think we will ever have a kid that took over the league at 18, 19, or 20 that was already in physical shape, that was already athletically as dominant as Dominique Wilkins take over the sport in an athletic sense in a slasher sense. I don't think we will ever see that again. I don't think we will ever see 
the vision from a point forward again that was able to do what LeBron does. If Magic Johnson was athletic and could shoot the ball, he would be LeBron James. So we are finally saying that Magic is the closest thing to to LeBron that we've ever seen. And this conversation is backwards to me, but it's fair. There will never be another LeBron James. I am definitely okay in saying that, that there will never be a LeBron James. I'm not okay with saying that LeBron is better than our legends. I'm saying that he's solidified himself on Mount Rushmore next to Mike, Larry, Magic, Julius Irving, Oscar Robinson. He has solidified himself in that way. But what we cannot continue to do is make these comparisons. He has his own right as his own player. And he has accomplished what Kobe set out to accomplish. Kobe wanted to make a name for himself and immediately had the skill set and moveset of Michael Jordan and was the closest thing to Michael Jordan that we'll ever see. We will see someone else similar to Kobe Bryant. We've already made these comparisons a couple times. We thought Harrison Barnes was going to do it. We thought Andrew Wiggins was going to do it. Now we think Donovan Mitchell is going to do it because of his fantastic play in the playoffs. Kobe has led the way for a mentality to stay with your team and win with your team, do whatever it takes, be a warrior, be a gladiator, right? This is a player that is more tangible to the NBA than LeBron James. You want to know why? Because LeBron James has that status of untouchability. There will never be a 6'8", 6'9", 200-something pound athlete that can get to the rim in like two to three steps. We just won't ever see it again, okay? That is dominance on a whole different scale. We've never seen a specimen like LeBron James who continued to work on his shooting and passing as an athlete. This is just him playing, okay? We're going to take out all the intangibles of being loyal, of you know, leading a team and not winning in the NBA Finals. We have never seen a player play the sport like LeBron James. We've also never seen the league rely on a player like LeBron James since Michael Jordan. Okay, LeBron James is the cream of the crop, but has some faltering weaknesses that everybody knows about. Okay, we could go on about his weaknesses day in and day out because they are there. They are bright, but they do not take away from his legacy of being his own legend. Right. We've we, when we talk about the NBA, we essentially are talking about, you know, reincarnations of players of the past. We have never seen a reincarnation of LeBron James, the way LeBron James dominates the floor. We can get close and say like Oscar and say like Magic, but they weren't getting off the floor. This guy's been in the league like 15, 16, 17 years and still has the same hop as he did in his first year. Right? That's unreal. LeBron James is a different specimen. He is the DNA defect that turned out to be phenomenal. He's also outspoken. 
So now LeBron James has the weight of the league on him. And he's outspoken about social issues and he's not afraid. He's an activist. He does a lot of things for the sport in ways that our past hasn't even able to reach. LeBron James is his own player and deserves that alone. Do not compare him to Mike. Do not compare him to Kobe because we it's unfair. The, the scale doesn't match the material we're trying to use. If we're going to compare player to player, you have to compare how they play. You have to compare what they do. And what we talk about all the time with LeBron James is that the intangibles of closing out games, making the right plays and pressure situations is not there. And that's where Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan win. They will never, ever come close to losing some of these games LeBron James has lost. But on the flip side, for what they've done for the league, we don't hear that much. from Kobe and Mike we've heard a lot from LeBron James LeBron James has easily become his own legend in a sense he has put his face on Mount on the Mount Rushmore of the NBA as his own legend if he he's the greatest person the NBA has ever seen I'm trying to figure out a word that makes sense. But player, no, absolutely not. LeBron James is not the greatest player that's ever played the game. Sorry. LeBron James isn't the most dominant player we've ever seen play the game. But LeBron James is the greatest person we've ever seen play the game. I say that because of his ability to do things on and off the court that make the league look good, but also do the league damage at the same time. The way this guy plays the game, the numbers that he gets day in and day out, day out, he's the most consistent basketball player we have ever seen. Inability to perform in fourth quarters, we're not worried about that. Everybody's field goal percentage drops down in the fourth quarter, so we're not even going to talk about that. You can't tell me about that. We're talking about the last five to six minutes of the game, and somebody has taken it upon themselves to pull the game out. That goes to Kobe and Mike. They rest, you know, they they rest half the third or the latter part of the third in the beginning of the fourth, and when they sub back in, you know who the ball is going to, and you need to figure out how to stop them because they're here, they're here for blood. The problem when you switch to LeBron is that you, you need to put LeBron in an ISO situation and allow him to miss shots. If you deny, if you play Golden State defense, which is essentially deny everybody else and let LeBron work, LeBron fails. Period. You get one or two plays where LeBron can't convert. Uh, what's the next play you see? You see a three-point double screen for Cal Corver, or you see a pick and roll with Tristan Thompson. You got to give LeBron options because he's not going to make these plays for happen for himself. Post game isn't there. Post game isn't polished. You see how I'm breaking it down? LeBron James is the best consistent player we've ever seen. He deserves his own 
We need to we need to make the comparison of will Giannis be like LeBron? It's the closest thing. You know what I mean? Will there be another point forward as as athletic as LeBron James? Heck no. But we might see it one day. And if we do, now we can have the topic of if that player is as good as LeBron James. But what we can't do is skip categories. Michael's the best two guard. And the best, the second best two guard that we've ever seen is Kobe Bryant. LeBron James is the best point forward. And we have not seen anybody come close in any way, shape, form, or fashion come close to LeBron James as a point forward who can play three, four, and five if need be. We have never seen anybody take over the game like this guy. That's all that I have today. This is has been the shoot around with Kenny G. Thank you for tuning in. Again, message, contact me. Listeners, I love your feedback. I thank you for all the applause and the feedback that you've given me so far. Stay tuned for the next episode tomorrow with Shoot Around with Kenny G.